Good morning, my friend. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to Folsom and Arapahoe. I just lifted my banner. It's up there in the trees there. I had to move it over because it's so tall. It's 10 feet to the top of the banner, 10 feet. And as I was putting up my banner, I already had about three or four people in a car hail Satan. And I just uh, thought that was really cool because uh, I want people to make a decision either for Satan or for God. You know, it's your choice. You can make any choice you want. You don't need Jesus to live on earth. You just need Jesus when you leave earth. So don't leave earth without Jesus. <laughs> don't leave earth without Jesus, all right? So uh, let me put this down and set my uh, tripod up and do the sermon for the day. And uh, uh, I'm excited, <laughs> all right? See you in a few moments. Good morning. How you doing? Welcome to the channel. Preacher John here in Boulder, Colorado. I'm at, uh, where am I at? I'm at, uh, this is Arapahoe. The car's turning down Arapahoe, going uh, west, no, going east. That's east. This is west. That's the Rocky Mountains. You can't really see it on the camera, but uh, that's the Rocky Mountains above the 10,000 feet part, peak, uh, tree level, because above 10,000 feet, there's no trees. So that's why all those mountains up there are bare because they're above the 10,000 foot mark. And uh, that's the foothills right here called the flat, uh, the front range, the front range mountains, which run along the front range of the Rockies. <laughs> and uh, this is Folsom right here and about two blocks up here to my uh, right, which would be uh, south is the uh, University of Colorado at Boulder uh, that everyone seems to be watching because of the coach that's there. and. Uh, <laughs> we know what's going on there. Uh, let's pray. So Lord, I just thank you that we can come to uh, wherever you send us. Uh, we can stand exactly where you want us. We can stand across the street or stand here, but we stand where you asked us to stand and where you show us to stand. You have a reason and a purpose why we stand where we're standing. And we thank you, Lord, that you uh, uh, give us that power and authority to be able to see, to hear, and to understand what you're doing so that we can walk in step with you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We give you all the power, all the glory, and uh, we just praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before I get started, let me uh, let me set this right here. So this is our True Study book. This is book two right here, book two. And uh, book two uh, is after book one. <laughs> we already did book one, so we're doing 65 classes per book. Uh, 65 classes. We've we're in book two now, so we're in class, I think we just finished this morning, class 72, I believe, 72 we just did. That's pretty amazing. Each class is an hour long, so I have just did 72 hours worth of classes, minus a few hours or a few days when I was down south in Trinidad 
and uh, I'll probably be missing a couple more classes this month because I have to go to a couple different cities that I have to travel early, early, early in the morning. Uh, a long time before the class gets started. I have to go to Vail uh, next week on Tuesday and then I'm going to Colorado Springs the last Friday of this month. So those uh, cities I have to leave about 5.30 or 6 in the morning uh, to uh, catch the bus to head down there. So um, I won't be doing because it'll be on this calendar. So uh, this is a uh, true study class that we're doing. It's not a Bible study. Not a Bible study. A lot of people think it's a Bible study. I keep coming against that because uh, they're thinking that's what it is. And so they're disappointed. Uh, the reason they're disappointed is because they had worldly expectations. Worldly being flesh, being personal, being physical expectation rather than spiritual expectation. You know, we can put expectation on the spirit, but not on the world and people. Uh, people are the way they are. and. Uh, God is the way He is. So we can expect from God because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, or today, yesterday, and forever, however that goes. And He's also faithful. He cannot not be faithful as people are. People can be unfaithful. So you see it all over the place. So you can't put your expectation on people because you don't know when they're going to be faithful or not going to be faithful. And you don't want, you know, you don't want that going on. I've lived that all my life. I've just been been a real hard lesson for me to learn and I'm still learning it because I do still put expectations on people and I talk about it because I'm trying to get it in my own brain or my own heart that stop doing that but because uh, I want people to to give all they've got to the Lord but that's an expectation on people because I already know people aren't going to do that they're not going to give their all to the Lord they're going to invite Christ to save them but they won't give their all uh, their whole life to God they just won't there's a vast majority, I'm going to say 75 plus percent, won't give their life to God. But God gave His life to them. You know, seems kind of weird to me. So anyways, we go through a lot of this information, a lot of this type of talk, a lot of this type of exhortation in our class. Uh, we've got a lot of new students. I had 10 students today. That was pretty good. Normally I run about three to five, but we had twice as many for some reason. Don't know why. Maybe it's just on Tuesdays. Maybe Tuesday is the day people come to class. And I think last week on Tuesday we had 10 people too. I don't know. Then we have another uh, 5 to 15 who come uh, during the recording. So uh, we're reaching people for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. And we're using this book, all right? And you can find out more on that book by going to our website or to the YouTube channel. You can click on the description box here. And since you're on the YouTube channel right now, uh, why don't you subscribe? You know, why, why not, you know? I mean, you know, I know you have to sign in, uh, so you have to sign in anyways. A lot of us have Google Gmail, uh, Gmail account, and uh, you know, it's just just click, you know, subscribe, you know. <laughs> but uh, if you don't want to, that's fine too. Uh, don't care. But I thought I'd mention it because uh, I've heard heard a lot of uh, uh, YouTube people say that uh, uh, that they didn't, they you know, their audience. I really didn't subscribe because it didn't even occur to them. And so uh, a lot of YouTube people, they have been uh, kind of asking their audience to subscribe. As the subscriptions uh, do a lot for the channel. Uh, you wouldn't think it does, but there's lots of different metrics that YouTube looks at and uh, to publish the video. So like, for example, uh, because of the lack of action on this particular channel, we went from 80,000 thumbnails 
being distributed through the network, 80,000. We had about 81, 82,000. We're down to about 35, 36,000 thumbnails. And the reason why we have dramatically dropped in viewership or, or in uh, thumbnails, I mean, YouTube uh, marketing our site is because of the lack of interaction with the video. The interaction, that's what they're looking at. They want to get, YouTube wants to give their audience, uh, the YouTube audience, uh, what they want. Doesn't matter what we want or what kind of search engine optimization we do, or tags or bylines or titles, none of that really matters. What well, colors and even the message doesn't matter. What they want to do, what YouTube wants to do, is give their audience what they want. And how do they know what they want? By their history, by what they look at. And what they do, the first thing they do when, uh, for example, when I upload a video, uh, the first thing they do, YouTube does, is they take that video and they offer it first to the subscribers of my account. So there's 680 subscribers, thereabouts. And uh, uh, of those 680, if they don't click on the thumbnail to watch the video that they subscribe to, listen to what I'm saying, if, if YouTube, YouTube will serve you the thumbnail, the video, that I've uploaded, all right? And if you don't click on it, that tells YouTube that you subscribe, but it's, you don't like it. It's not of interest to you, it's no big deal. Uh, and then YouTube, after a while, I don't know if they serve it a couple, two or three times, I'm not sure of that. And then they stop serving you that video because you're telling YouTube by your actions that you don't like this channel. Now you subscribe to it, but they're saying, wonder why they subscribe and they don't like it. See, it's, it provides confusion really in the algorithm. And so they turn away from you and they serve you something else. Yeah. And so that's why of the 680 subscribers, I'm going to suppose that about 100 are actually ones who are interested to view the, the uh, video. About 100, 110. Isn't that something? 680 people subscribe. Yeah, John, we want to support your channel. We want to be with you. But we're not going to watch anything you do. See, that's what people do with God. We want you, God. We want Jesus, but we don't want to live for Jesus. We don't want to live for you. All right? See, that's how it happens. But people think, oh, well, that's not true. <laughs> you see, people live in a little bubble, a little world. What is, you know, they, they live in, what's that? silly phrase uh, rose colored glasses you know they live in a dream world my dad lived in a dream world all his life he never got out of that dream fantasy land my dad lived in a fantasy land all of his life and he died in that fantasy his life was totally unproductive other than he produced me and another son and another daughter he had three children but it's only and fortunately those three children are born again Unfortunately, my dad won't reap the benefit of that because he didn't go to heaven. He did not receive Christ his whole life. He lived in a fantasy world, fantasy world. He read comic books all the way when I was growing up. He never read a book. His books were comic books. Ah, how about that? Comic books and he drank like a, like a fish. He drank and, and read comic books, you know? Very intelligent man, very wise man, very knowledgeable man with a great background, great upbringing, and wasted his whole life, wasted his whole life, destroyed everything, destroyed everything in his life.
How sad, right? But people do that. You know, all the opportunity in the world, especially here in America, and people in America don't appreciate America, for example, another kind of a world example, and they're trashing America. Now, once America ceases to be what it is, the land of freedom, uh, they're gonna wonder, what happened to the freedom? I can't do what I used to do. I used to trash everything. Now I'm thrown in jail for, tra you know, I don't know. You have to respect things around you. A lot of people live in a dream world, just like the people who went by here when I was setting things up. They all yelled out the window, hail Satan. I didn't have a banner up. I was just dressed like this, putting my camera gear together with my back to them. But they were hailing Satan. Hell, Satan, down the road. See, they're foolish. They have no clue what they're doing. They're trashing God, trashing the ministry of God, trashing their opportunity to receive salvation, trashing it. Bible says God's not gonna be mocked. What you sow, what you give, what you do, your actions speak louder than your words. Yeah. God's not gonna be mocked. What you sow, you're gonna reap, man. You're gonna reap it. You don't judge yourself. I mean, God doesn't judge you. You judge yourself as a believer, as an unbeliever. People are going to hell based on their decisions, not God's, not God's. People are going to heaven based on their decision, not God's decision. You receive Christ on your decision, not God. God didn't force you to receive Christ. God's not gonna force you to do anything. You can turn your back on Christ and go back in the world, live in sin all your life and then you'll reap the consequences, right? A lot of people don't believe the consequences. They think everything is perfect. Now, I've said in class, in class that problems are normal. Problems are normal. Problems are normal, it's a part of life. Problems came in when sin came in this world. Who brought the problems? Satan, the devil, the deceiver, all right? So sin is not gonna, it's not gonna it's not come around your life. Jesus says, go and sin whenever you want. Is that what he told the lady? Oh yeah, go ahead, go, go, preach the gospel and sin, do whatever you wanna do, sleep around, get drunk, get stoned, tattoo your body up, pierce it up, dress like the devil, talk like the devil, live like the devil. Oh, I'll love you anyways. Is that what he said? I don't think so, but you may think so. You're gonna get a rude awakening one day. I tell you what, I am preaching holiness like you wouldn't believe. I am so committed to that. I see it so clearly as time goes on, as time goes on, because I look at Christians, I look at churches, I look at big mega churches, and I see nothing but the world. And I see the God of this world in all these big churches, small churches, and in Christians' lives. But they're thinking, oh, everything is just fine. Everything is just fine, la-dee-da, cotton candy. I tell you, man, I praise God that God opened my eyes to the sin in the world, to the sin in the world. That's why churches don't preach sin. Why would they preach sin? People hate sin. People hate it. Why preach something people hate? They're gonna leave your church, and if enough people leave your church, there's not gonna be enough money to keep the lights on. You don't have to shut the doors. Why do you think churches close down? Because nobody wants to come? That's right, because nobody wants to come. Because the spirit is dead. The spirit left a long time ago. You don't obey the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is gonna leave your church, man. There was a big, I, I tell you, I lived that the big time. It wasn't my problem, it was their problem. 
I tell you that, I'll never forget that. I lived it. When the Holy Ghost was there, and when the pastor was kicked out, and another pastor came, and then that other pastor kicked the Holy Ghost out of the church, and that church went kaboom, completely imploded. And now it's just a little tiny neighborhood, little dot of a church. And the only reason it's doing that is because the pastor, we well, are still there, he's pretty outgoing, and he really loves the Lord, but he doesn't want the Holy Ghost, at least at that time. I don't know if things have changed, it's been a long time ago, but at that time, he didn't want the Spirit of God because he didn't want the Holy Ghost to control his church. In Gospel of Andrew's church, the Holy Ghost is the senior pastor of our church, period. No man is the boss. The Holy Ghost is the boss. And the Holy Ghost, per Jesus, said that he won't speak on his own. He'll only speak what I say. That's what Jesus said. Jesus only spoke with the Father. That means one voice, right? One voice. There's not three voices talking. There's not three gods. That is garbage. There's not three voices from three different people. I don't know why people got that in the brain because I tell you, the Catholic Church is teaching everybody really good and they just love it. They love it. They love it because it makes sense. And my pastor teaches there's three gods with three voices. Sorry, there's not. It's all right. See, now people wonder why sin gets into their life. The reason sin comes in your life, because you've got all the, you got the sliding glass doors open. You got the roof open. You tore the roof off. You know, you live, I don't know. You, you're just, you're living with opportunity for the devil to come rushing in to you. And you think it's the Spirit of God rushing in when it's the devil coming into your life. Tell you, it's serious business, man. Serious business. And that's what we're going to talk about in our sermon today. That's a prelude. <laughs> we'll get pull. God bless you, man. <laughs> I was walking down the street, the side street there where I live, and uh, walking down the side street before I got to the main street, which is Folsom here, several blocks away. And I, uh, there was a couple of bicycles, and a guy was driving around, and he looked to the left, and he said, Hey, John! <laughs> and everybody stops and looks around because he yelled at the top of his lungs out the window. Hey, John! <laughs> you, know, you know, and uh, I don't know who it was, but somebody knows me. I had another guy. I had two people, one, two, three people who honked and waved, and I'm just walking down the street. You see, we are known by who we are, by what we do. And if, 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 If you're known to be a churchgoer and you come to some place and people know you go to church, but you act like everybody else in the world, self-centered, selfish, uh, not interested in anybody else, have no love, have hate, have judgment, drive like a maniac, break the laws, they look at you and go, what a hypocrite, what a hypocrite. And so right now, that person is known as a hypocrite. They say one thing and do another. Is that you? I hope not, but I know that's not true. I know there's a lot of people who are watching this channel who are in Boulder, who say one thing and they do another. And they think things are just fine. I don't say anything wrong. I don't need to obey by the laws. I need, why do I need to obey by the laws of the land? I tell you, 
all that every time you do something that breaks the law, either God's law or man's law, every time you break one of those laws, you just sow to seed. Yeah, and God's not gonna be mocked, sorry. That's why I'm always looking around. Just like on the class this morning, I typed in that comment and I said something about, you know, victory uh, through Christ and the Holy Ghost quickened me. And I could have just ignored that and it could have hardened my heart or calloused my heart or seared my conscience towards the Holy Ghost. But I'm not that way. And oh, it's just fine. It's just fine. It's just fine. And I would have sowed a bad seed because that's not what the Bible says. God asked, God said to me six years ago when I came to Boulder, I want you to be precise and exact with the Word of God, the King James Bible. If it's not in the King James Bible, then throw it out. Don't use words that are not in the King I'm talking about when I'm writing and things like that. When I'm talking, you know, we, that's a little different there. And uh, to be exact and precise with the Word of God, the King James Bible. If it's not in the King James, throw it out. And so that phrase, everybody else was, would have never, nobody would have called me, to, called me on the carpet for it. Not one single person would have said anything to me about that. I know for a fact, because most people don't know the Word of God and are not committed to the King James. They're not committed to the Word of God. They're committed to whatever it feels good at the moment. Yeah, all right, that's why people sin. And if you're not sinning now, and you're still living that way, you're going to sin. You're going to sin. Sin is lying at the door waiting to come into your life. You think it's not? Sin. Think again. Sin is waiting for you. The devil is waiting for you at a distance for you to mess up. That's why the fear of God is so important. You don't, you're not scared of God in a sense, but you have that fear of God, that good kind of fear of God, you know, because that's the beginning of wisdom and understanding. And with wisdom and understanding usually comes knowledge. And with that three, you have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what's going on in the world, in your life, in your world, in your ministry, in your family, in your church, in your business, in your schooling, right? And the title of our sermon today is uh, when, the so when the South Wind Blew Softly. And that's what I'm talking about. Oftentimes in a believer's life, we have a nice southerly wind, usually nice and warm and soft and comfortable, nice breeze that comes in. Oh man, it's gonna be a beautiful day. It's gonna be beautiful, spiritually speaking too. You know, spiritually speaking, a nice soft southerly wind comes in and you go, oh man, it's gonna be a great day. Great day, what is this, a beautiful day. I had people yesterday say, oh, it's gonna be a beautiful day, John. I get out there and I had a horrible day. I had trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. In fact, when I got home about 3.30 yesterday, I went right to bed. I stayed in bed till about 7 o'clock, 3.30, yeah, about three hours, three hours, I just laid in bed. I was so exhausted, so beat up, so wore out. Then about 6.30, 6.45, 7, whatever it was, I got up, So I because I had work to do, but I was too tired to do my evening work, ministry work. So I got up at 6.30 or 7, and I worked till about 10.30, 11 o'clock last night, finishing my work so I can go to bed, ready for the next day, today. But everybody said, oh, John, listen, the, a soft south wind is blowing. South wind blew softly. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful day. Thank God nobody told me that today. <laughs> 
it's nice today. It's actually kind of warm. Did bring my heavy coat today. I'll have to take this vest off in just a minute. But uh, you, you see, you have to be alert all the time. Just like yesterday, I mentioned yesterday in a sermon, I was daydreaming while I was walking down the street. You never daydream in Boulder if you walk because people get hit nearly every day in Boulder. People, it's crazy. I almost got hit today, I'm like, like seven or eight dozen times. I have to watch every foot I walk in Boulder. It's a very dangerous city, very dangerous city. <clears throat> so I, I was daydreaming and a car come screeching 15 feet from me, startled me, almost jumped, almost, whoa. Didn't even see it, didn't even know I was in the street. I was daydreaming, wasn't aware, I wasn't alert. <laughs> I don't know. My heart was racing like crazy. And the guy was trying to get around me. I said, hey, I'm standing in the road, man. He wanted to get around me, that's Boulder. No one's it, no, no one, nobody has patience in Boulder. You're in my way, get out of the way, get out of the way. That's what he did. I don't know. I didn't know what he wanted to do because he turned this way, that way, this. I, I was scared to move. I was scared to move yesterday. I thought if I moved anyway, he'd run me over. Huh. It's just crazy. That's what I'm talking about, being alert. That's a physical. What happens if you're not aware spiritually and there's a devil coming right at you and you're spiritually daydreaming? You're spiritually just fantasizing or something. I don't know. And the devil comes in, the devil hits you. That's that fiery dart. Because for some reason, for the last two or three weeks or last month or two or for all year of 2023, you didn't put the armor of God on. You didn't put the Lord Jesus Christ on. You didn't put the armor of light on. You're just thinking things are just good, man. I got a soft southerly wind blowing. I mean, I've got my t-shirt on and things are really clicking along. I feel good, feeling good, feeling happy. Man, this is really good. And that devil just came in. And now you fall flat on your face and you cry, oh God, help me, help me God, help me God. God says, I sent preacher John to kick you in the butt. <laughs> but you didn't do anything, you just laughed at him. You know, I didn't take him serious. I sent another guy, and I sent another guy, another guy, another guy, and you ignore everybody I sent. So I sent a devil. That's God. God uses the devils. You think God doesn't use devils? Think again. They're our enemy. What does an enemy do? It gets you stronger, gets you into the Word of God, gets you into prayer, gets you speaking correctly, gets you living correctly. Because if you don't get in the Word of God, you don't pray, you don't do the things correctly, you're going to be run over by the devil. Oh, that can't happen to me, John. I am sealed. Yeah, right. I just tell you like it is, man. I've been doing this a long time. I did just start yesterday. I've been doing this, seemed like, my whole life. All right, so that's the title of our message. When the south wind blew softly. All right, let's go into this now. Uh, so this is our Sunday prayer letter, uh, December 3rd, Sunday prayer letter, going to his friends to refresh himself, Acts 27, verse three. We're in the miracle, uh, signs, miracles, wonders, praise, worship. Uh, this is Tuesday, part three. Acts 27, 13 through 19. Okay. Just looking around, just looking around, see what's going on. 
Alright. Alright, so let's get into this. Verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly. Alright, get this, get this. This is what I'm talking about right here. How many people are gonna read right by this and not pick it up? I don't know. How many in our church is gonna read right by this and not pick it up? I don't know. I don't know. Why am I picking it up? I don't know that either. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I just know Jesus wants me standing here and he's giving me the power of the Holy Ghost to stand here and to preach this sermon. All right, let's do it then. Supposing that they had obtained their purpose. South wind blew softly. And, All right, we're ready to go. Our purpose was to wait out until we have everything's looking good, until the wind looks good, and then we can launch out. Everything's great. Because that's what they're doing, right? They're waiting for a, a nice wind to blow. Because, you know, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, the purpose of laying over, laying over in that uh, safe haven. Loosing thence, loosing the ship from the pier or wherever, or the anchor, they sailed close by Crete, because they're in the south, they're under Crete, the south part of Crete, and northwest of Crete, on the, okay? Crete's a very long island. We had a north wind. The north wind was blowing the cold and the wind, and the wind shifted from the south and blew southward, gave them a nice breeze so they can sail out from Crete and head over to Italy. Head Italy would be uh, northwest of Crete, about up thereabouts. Verse 14, but not long after, not long after, once you, <laughs> that's why waiting upon the Lord is so important. Because look what this, look what's happened. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind. And they had a, they had a name for this wind. Like uh, here in America, uh, when I'm from Washington and Idaho, I lived in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho for several years in Spokane. We were, there was a wind that came out of the north and it was called the Chinook. The Chinook wind is a fierce freight train wind that came out of the Arctic and it just blew straight into to, uh, that part of eastern Washington and Idaho. And it was like, man, and that's what people called it, Chinook wind. I don't know. And in Washoe Valley, uh, we called it uh, the Washoe Zephyrs, Washoe wind, Washoe something, Washoe Zephyrs, Washoe, Washoe winds. I don't know. We lived in Washoe City. Uh, New Washoe City, Washoe Valley, between Reno and Carson City, out there in the middle of nowhere. Right. That's where I grew up. All right, but not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind, a tempestuous, tempestuous wind. That's a big word, right? <laughs> Pretty rough wind. Called a Euro Cyclone. A Euro, Euroclidon, Euroclidon, or whatever that's called. That's an amazing word. Euro, a wind from Europe. That was like a cyclone. I'm going to say that. I don't know exactly, but it kind of has that connotation. E-U-R, like Europe, and uh, that cyclone. I don't know. That's. It was a pretty bad wind. So bad that they had a name for it. But they didn't launch out in that bad wind. If that wind was blowing they wouldn't have left that safe haven. Yeah, but what did Satan do? Satan says, all right, what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna send this nice, soft, easy-going life style, this good job your way, this great business opportunity your way, and you know, oh man, all my dreams are gonna be fulfilled. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, listen to this. 
I'm gonna go and get rich by playing Texas Hold'em. <laughs> I'm from Nevada. <laughs> I'm gonna get rich by learning how to play uh, 21, blackjack. Yeah, I'm gonna learn how to play blackjack and I'm gonna be a wealthy Christian. I'm gonna give all my money to the church. God's gonna bless me. Yeah, and then you end up in alcoholism. You end up broke. You'll end up losing your family because of that south wind that blew into your life. Deception blew into your life, but you didn't know it was deception because if it's deception, it's not deception. <laughs> Get that? If you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. If you know you're deceived, you're not deceived. You made a choice. You made a decision, a choice. But deception, by the very nature of it, you don't know you're living in deception. That's why sin is so dangerous. That's why praying, worship, your face before the Lord, face on the ground before the Lord. It's like I was this morning for probably, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour. I didn't even pray this morning. Normally I have the supplication I pray. But once I got to the floor, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop worshiping God. And I just stayed there for quite a long time. I praise God that he got me up early. So I had time to spend time in worship, not praising. I wasn't dancing around the house. I was laying on the floor worshiping God in the kitchen. Do you have to do, you know, whatever. <clears throat> Verse 15. And when the ship was caught, when the ship was caught, I tell you, you're going to be caught. One day you go into sin and you think everything is just fine. This marijuana, this getting stoned every day is just fine because, quote, God made this. Those psychedelic drugs that you're doing, oh, it's just fine because it helps me to understand God. You're going to be caught one day, so caught that you're not going to be able to get loose. That's why Jesus said, go and sin no more. No, N-O. Why can't people understand the word no? Because people don't like that word no. They don't like it. I'm gonna do it anyways, period. There you go, God, I'm gonna, and that's what they do. I'll never forget that, right down there at the Flatirons Cafe, Flatirons Coffee Shop, when I had a Bible study. I used to do my Bible studies before I lift my banner. I couldn't believe what was coming out of that guy's mouth. Yeah, he didn't care. He didn't care what God wanted. He's going to do it anyways. Last time I saw him. Last time I saw him. I was seeing him every few days. We were doing a Bible study. Oh, well. People make choices, and then they're caught. Yeah, they're caught. You're caught sleeping in somebody else's bed. That's not your bed. You're caught in some building that you shouldn't be in. You're caught in your nose in some magazine you shouldn't be in. You're caught in some website that you shouldn't be in. You're caught in some movie house you shouldn't be in. I tell you, you're going to be caught one day. You're going to be caught. So you better look around your life. Look around your life, man. Go and sin no more. You, I mean, seriously, you think that's a joke, huh? Because I can hear at a distance people laughing, chuckling to themselves. Not out loud, but in their heart, chuck laughing. They, I know more, or whatever they're saying. I, I can repeat what they're saying. They're going to be sadly awakened 
and they're going to find themselves ashamed. There's nobody in heaven that's ashamed. Sorry. I ain't kidding. When the ship was caught and could not bear up under the wind, you think everything's good, you're sleeping around with somebody, you've got somebody, you're a truck driver, how many truck drivers I knew there were Christians, Christian born-again truck drivers who had girlfriends in other states. Can't tell you the number. I used to get furious at that. And the wives knew it. And they accepted it. Yeah, my husband does that. So does your husband do that, Nancy? Not my husband. That's right, not my husband. Because I was faithful in the beginning and I was faithful all the way through. Your faithfulness you're going to show through. And your lack of faithfulness will show through. Your life is going to be revealed. Your life is going to be revealed one day. When? I don't know. I don't know that. My life has been revealed. I've had people bring up things in my past. Look at this, John. Forgot all about that. Yeah. I tell you what. There's been people in my life that God's brought, has shined light in my life. And I tell you, I had to do some repentance. Yeah. You think, oh, I'm perfect, John. I've never sinned. I'm 25 years old, 30 years old. I've never sinned. I've been saved all my life. Yeah, right. Better watch yourself. You're real close to falling down. All right, let's go on. We let her drive, right? Verse 16. And running under a certain island, which is called uh, Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. They were working hard because that wind was blowing hard. They had to keep adjusting their sail. At that time, there's no motors, it's all sail, all wind power, all wind driven. They were adjusting the sail. I tell you, on my boat, I had to adjust myself so many times one time, it wore me out. In fact, I cut myself so bad, I had blood on my mainsail. <laughs> it stayed there too for the rest of the year. Blood on the mainsail. Where's this red? What's this red here, John? Oh, that's my blood. <laughs> I got sliced up. One time I lost my mainsail. The halyard, uh, halyard that came loose in the top. The halyard went all the way to the top of the mast, 25 feet. My sail blew off. Fortunately, it's tied off to the bottom here. And I had to pull that as a mess. A lot of work, a lot of work. Just like this banner here, a lot of work. People don't want to work. They want to have fun. They want to play, play, play. But work? Are you kidding me? I don't want to work for God. It's all right, don't work. Doesn't matter to me. We had much work to come by the boat, verse 17, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship. Undergirding the ship. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, there was a time that uh, that there's things that people, uh, you send some kind of a uh, wrap or a strap or a cord or lines under the ship to hold the ship together. I don't know exactly how that is. Uh, this, these are pretty old boats, so the technology is a little different than it is uh, that I'm familiar with. So I'm not sure exactly what this meant. But uh, undergirding, undergirding, so undergird the underbelly of the boat, you know, 
girding the ship, fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands. I don't know what that means either. Uh, strike sail, and so we're driven. So, a lot of terminology here uh, that, so, when, uh, when you're sailing and you're trying to get away from the wind, uh, you just don't sometimes, what sometimes what you do is you want to find an inlet to a river that empties into the ocean. And then you send a scout and you go up the river in your boat. You go up the river in your boat and you're sounding the, you're sounding, you're putting a depth line, a line to the bottom of the river to see how deep it is to make sure your boat. But however, sometimes the wind will come in that canyon and pull you up the river and send you, send you, send you onto a sandbar, for example. And so that's what, I think that's what's happening right here. Uh, that's how a lot of people winter out. They go up a river with their boat, you know. So I don't know how big these boats are. So uh, that could be what's happening here. And so we're driven. See, that's what happens. The wind comes down the canyon and kind of wraps around and pulls the boat up into the river. And they get stuck on those uh, bars, sandbars. Here they call it the quicksand. Verse 18. And so that spiritually happens to us too. If you get into sin, you can be washed, you can be pulled along. You know, if you have a lot of friends, that's why we're supposed to be holy, come away from the world. But if you stay with the world, then the world, now listen to this. I've had people tell me, and I've watched people over all these decades, it's okay to drink. I can have wine anytime I want. I can have a, a drink, like an alcoholic beverage anytime I want because I only have a half a glass or I have just a one glass and that's all I have or I have whatever, you know, whatever they tell me. I've had all kinds of stories told to me. And then uh, they go for years. They never have more than a small glass of wine, quote, at dinner. That was what we had when we were growing up. Catholics, all Catholics, well, not all Catholics, but many Catholic, old Catholic families drink wine at dinner, especially old, uh, uh, you know, my family's from Europe. Uh, Belgium and so everyone drinks wine around the table even when we were growing up as kids we drank wine at the table that's just what we did <laughs> that was part of our culture the French culture all right and so uh, so here's what happens when you let that into your life and you don't cut it out of your life you come home one day and you have a fight with your spouse or you have a fight with your boss and you come home and you're a single person, whatever, it doesn't matter. And you, you open the cupboard to start cooking dinner and you see that bottle of wine. And it's a full bottle of wine. In fact, there's another bottle behind that. One is partially, I don't know, I'm just making stories up here. And you're really upset. And you say, I'm just going to have a glass of wine just to calm down. Because the Bible says I'm to take a little wine from my stomach. That's what Christians use for their wine totaling. But this time, You've had problems, and this time, you don't just have a glass of wine. You finish that whole bottle of wine, and you're pretty tipsy, you're drunk. And before you know it, you're already into the second bottle, and you pass out. And your phone is ringing, but you can't hear it. You can't hear it. Somebody comes in that you didn't lock your door, a buddy of yours comes over and says, hey, what are you doing? And you're drunk and you could be the pastor of that church. Yeah. Could be the pastor of that church and you're drunk on the couch. 
What's that going to look like? How many pastors have I met who that is a true story? You cannot let sin come into your life. You cannot let sin. In my life, there's not one drop of alcohol that crosses these lips. Not one drop. Not one single drop. Not a mouthful, not a thimble full, none of that stuff. <laughs> Arnie. <laughs> Nothing. Not one drop. There's no alcohol in my house. Sorry. I don't care if I have friends that like to drink. You like to drink as a Christian? Then go someplace else. If you're drunk, you come over, I'm going to tell you to leave. I'm going to tell you to leave. I don't want a drunkard in my house. I've had that happen. I've had to tell people to leave. Fortunately, it happened one time, but I had to tell them to leave. Why am I saying that? No drunkards in heaven. No drunkards in heaven. Oh, it's okay. I can get drunk. I'm already saved. All right. Have fun. Have fun with that. Which when they had taken up the helps, undergirding the ship, fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, stakes, they strake the sail. So were driven. Verse 18. And being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken from us, taken away. All hope is gone. All hope is lost. The tumultuous wind, that European style, that Europe cyclone wind, destroying us. We thought it was a soft, wonderful, southerly wind that's just going to be beautiful. This wine is so nice. It's a some special vineyard and some special year. Yeah. I ain't kidding you, man. You play with sin, sin is going to catch you. You play with sin, and sin is in your life, it's going to catch you. It's going to catch you. Just like that cop is catching him. I don't know what's going on. It's catching him. What is he doing? I don't know. But he's catching somebody. It's going to catch that skateboarder. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? That's very rare. A lot of skateboarders and, uh, you know, motorcycle scooter, skateboard type thing. Anyways, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can have eyes to see the sin in our life, that we can rebuke the sin out of our life. We can ask forgiveness. We can say, Lord, that is sin, and I repent of that sin. Lord, forgive me of that sin. And Lord, we can pray and keep casting sin out. We can keep repent, repenting of that sin 70 times 7 if we have to until one day we have very little sin, zero sin, day after day after day. We can live a sinless life, a pure life, a holy life. Then occasionally, maybe sin comes in somehow, some way, and we can instantly repent because it's so obvious. The sin is so clearly obvious. We rebuke it immediately. We ask forgiveness. We repent. We have a repentant heart constantly, ever-living in repentance. We love you, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, that's it for this uh, class. This class. <laughs> class. <laughs> I do five classes a week. <laughs> Anyways, uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, I'm going to be uh, college in Broadway. The way up there at Broadway and up at the University College in Broadway by Starbucks up there. 
So uh, God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.